Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Nick from Live Rehab. I'm Denise. And today we're talking to you about why family matters in recovery. I'm Nick Roberts. I'm Denise Roberts. And welcome to Addiction Radio, the podcast from Live Rehab. We believe people should be able to beat their addictions without having to give up everything. Your journey to recovery and a healthier life starts right now. Dealing with family and addiction is often one of the most complicated pieces in recovery. Your family has likely had a huge impact on your recovery, both good and bad. Yeah, for some of you, your family may actually be the cause, or at least partially the cause, of your addiction in the first place. And for others of you, maybe you have family that's rooting for you and supporting you through this whole thing. One thing that's for sure, though, you don't get to choose who your family is. Well, most people. Yeah, that's right. So we're going to talk today a little bit about knowing when uh, to walk away from toxic family members. And we're also going to talk a little bit about how to strengthen relationships with those family members who you want to keep close to you during your addiction and recovery. Building trust and rebuilding this family support can actually be a real big benefit and something that can support you in the future with your recovery as well. So let's dive in and talk about why you don't get to choose your family. So it's fairly obvious that yes, you don't get to choose your family. And that that applies whether or not you are dealing, uh, you know, you're in a biological family situation or if you're adopted or even if you don't know who your family is, you still have a family. Um, and you didn't necessarily get to choose that at birth. And that's important because there are a ton of relationships and very complex relationships that play many different roles and have a big impact on your sobriety and recovery. Right. So, you know, you have a special bond with family members, uh, certain family members, and you you may have, even though your addiction has maybe you put them through the ringer a bit, there's still that desire to want to repair and hold on to certain relationships that you have. Yeah, you need to recognize that some relationships are worth repairing with, with certain people and some relationships are actually toxic to your ongoing sobriety and recovery. And it's gonna be your job to work through and identify which ones, which relationships are, are good and which ones unfortunately are toxic are gonna to be and are gonna be potentially sabotaging your actual situation, which definitely don't want. Yeah, so let's talk about that now. We're gonna talk about how to recognize uh, a good family member. It could be a struggle to recognize good family because during the period of time where you were actively addicted and you were um, in certain situations, your family may have done things that you believe to be bad for you. They may have cut you off. They may have desired to no longer be around you. They may have not enabled you with that addiction. That doesn't mean that they weren't good family members for, for doing so. And you're going to have to do some digging to figure out you know, specific relationships and whether or not that was done with good intentions and whether or not they're a good person. So how do we do that? So what I want you to do today is I want you to make a list of family members who you believe who have been there for you through thick and thin or who will be there for you in the future. And once you've made that list, just kind of analyze it and look to see if there are people on that list that you want to make amends with. And if you do, one simple task for today. Send a text message. Um, and you've, you know, you've got this list now of, of people that you really want to repair relationships with. And the, um, the simple text message is one way that you can start to begin that relationship. But you want to take things easy and you want to take things slow at first. So just start out with something simple. 
Yeah, something simple like, hey, I just want to appreciate everything you've ever done for me. Okay, and then you can follow that up. If they do know about your addiction, follow the text message up with, I'm, you know, I'm working hard on uh, beating my addiction right now, but I just wanted to say thanks. If they don't know about your addiction, that's okay. You can still send that thank you text message and then see where the conversation takes you. I think you'll be surprised. There's a lot of people who uh, are fearful at this stage for being able to send that text message because they're not really sure what the response is going to be from that other person. But this is part and parcel of rebuilding those relationships with good family members. The family members that you've identified that you want to build, you know, rebuild relationships with because they were there for you. And now you're in a good space and you're in a good situation where you can really build on that relationship with them. Right. And, and also just be prepared for this to take a little bit of time. It's not going to happen overnight. And it's very normal for your family members to may they may be suspicious of this coming out and reaching out to the uh, via text message. But, um, you know, be patient and be consistent. Most people are going to be apprehensive. There's probably been situations you've been in where your actions may have betrayed trust with these people and they may have... They may be kind of uh, apprehensive about responding to you or wondering where this is coming from. So just respect that and understand that they have boundaries as well and that you know potentially your, your reaching out to them is not their number one priority to, to work on, but um, it's okay and, and you have to be accepting of that and, and recognize their, their situation as well. Exactly. All right. So that's your actionable item for today um, is sending that text message or maybe text messages. And now we're going to jump in and talk about how to recognize toxic family members. So now that we've talked about good family members, let's talk about family members that are not so good for you. And when I say not so good, I'm not talking about how they are as a person because genuinely they they may be a good person and that would be disingenuous for me to presume i'm talking about family members who are putting your addiction and recovery at risk i'd like to refer to these people as toxic people but they're toxic to your recovery and your sobriety and there are people that kind of fall into two spectrums from from this perspective there are people that may use or partake in the addiction that you are trying to battle. So a good example of this might be people who are consuming large large volumes of alcohol and you're dealing with an alcohol problem. Um, and they are not people that are going to support you in that uh, you know, sobriety the right way. This doesn't mean that you need to avoid all people that consume alcohol if you're dealing with an alcohol addiction, but it just means that they're people that will uh, put you in situations or they might you know, force you to try and you know, drink with them or those kinds of things. And then there's other people who um, are causing you to want to use due to drama or stress or triggers and may not understand the current situation that you're in. Right. And speaking of alcohol, I mean, this could be any addiction. This could be um, opiate addiction. So if you have somebody that you use opiates with, this could be video game addiction. Um, so just think about all of that when you're thinking of uh, those who use with you. And when we're talking about uh, those toxic family members, it's really important to understand when somebody is in your family, right, that is causing a lot of drama, maybe somebody who is abusive or belittling you, those those are toxic family members as well. Those are people who are going to want to 
um, cause you to use or maybe um, trigger you a lot. And those will be on your not so good family member list. And when you have a not so good family member list, it sounds like a pretty negative thing to do, but you have to understand that this is to protect your sobriety and your recovery. And it's a list that no one else is gonna see. So it, you don't have to worry about hurt feelings or, or emotional issues with other people. But these are people that are going to be people that are not good for your sobriety and recovery. Right, so so what I want you to do today, right? You have your good family member list, you've, you've made that list or you're going to make that list and you have that actionable item of reaching out to those people. For now though, I just want you to make a list of the other end of the spectrum, the not so good family member list. And trust your gut with this, okay? There, again, no eyes, nobody else is gonna see this list other than you, but just kind of see where that takes you and make a list of those family members now. Okay, so we've split your family into good family members and toxic family members. Now you're going to need to develop some strategies on how to deal with both different types. So obviously with the good family members, we're gonna to wanna to work on rebuilding relationships and regaining trust. And then with toxic family members, we're gonna work on ways to walk away and not be dealing with those toxic family members. Yeah, so for now let's talk about, uh, let's put a little bit of focus on your good family members, on how, what you can do to help us rebuild their trust. And, and I wanna give you some tips on, on what to do with them. Yeah, so obviously when, when, you're, when you're working with the good family members, you have to, again, remember that you've put them probably through the ringer at this stage, or some people you may have put through the ringer. So you're going to want to take it easy, and you're going to want to go ahead and take a, a really kind of slow approach to making sure that you're there for them and that you are able to support them in their lives in maybe the same way that they've supported you in your life. So there's a reason that you put those family members on your good list. And whatever those reasons are, it's really important to hold on to those people and to cradle the relationships that you have. It's not going to be easy at first. It's going to be really complicated, but don't let that get you down. You have to have an open heart and open mind as well and really try to put yourself in their shoes so that you can understand that when you start rebuilding these relationships and you start working with them, they may not go as as planned. It just might not come off the way that you think it's going to happen. Yeah, so for example, let's just say that you call up your dad one day and your dad is on your good on your good family list because you know that no matter what happens, your dad will always be there for you. Um, so let's say you call up your dad one day and you, you ask to borrow some time or maybe some money or, or whatever it is that you, you want from him and your dad denies you and your dad gets mad and you know says no and all this stuff. It's important to try to put yourself in their shoes, to try to understand where they're coming from um, and just be kind and be patient and understand that this is the process that it takes. It's not going to come instantly. It is definitely a process and if you think about all the things that may have happened in that relationship in the past, even though they're on the good list that you've created, you can start to see that perhaps there's actions that have happened in the past that are gonna take a while to overcome and it's going to be something that you're going to need to work on consistently and have a lot of patience and in doing so. Right, so the best thing that you can do at this point in helping to kind of repair the relationships is show by action, okay? Like just show them that you're there and be in the moment with your family and be kind and um, you know, don't, don't try to defend your position anymore. You're no longer in that 
in that place where you need to do that. Okay, so you can just show by action. Be supportive, be there, take an active interest in their lives, take an active interest in what's happening with them, find ways that you can show up for them in support. And I think that over time that will show them that you're there in the same way that they were there for you, albeit slightly differently, and that you're able to provide support to them and, and kind of show up in that, in that good way for them as well. Okay, so now we're gonna kind of jump back and talk more about those toxic family members and, um, and when to actually walk away. Yeah, so you've made a list of toxic family members. It doesn't mean that instantly you need to walk away. And there are situations where someone may be toxic but doesn't require you to cut ties or to eliminate the relationship temporarily. But there are some situations that should raise alarm bells for you. And there's two very specific situations that we're going to suggest that you immediately cut ties with somebody for a certain period of time because they are an imminent threat or danger to your sobriety and recovery. Yes, okay. So the first situation where you know that you will need to walk away is if you have a family member that is pressuring you into partaking into your addiction if they are using with you or uh, contributing to your addictive behavior in any way. For example, if you have, uh, if you are addicted to a substance, if you have a family member who every day is coming into your home or maybe who lives in your home, who is, hey, come, you know, they're just, you're always around it and there's no getting away from it. So that's the first situation where you know that you would need to walk away. The other situation that you need to be careful of is a situation where a family member is causing you to want to relapse continuously. So this is somebody that is maybe uh, abusive, maybe someone is dealing with some type of verbal situations, somebody is dealing with um, an, a, an area in your life that's causing you to be triggered and to immediately want to use when you're around that family member. It's important to think of this in the current situation, not necessarily with actions or behaviors from the past, but currently in your current situation, as you're going through your sobriety and your recovery, that if this person is causing you to feel like you want to use consistently, then you are going to need to cut ties with that person as soon as possible because they are only contributing to the likelihood that you will relapse. Yes, now we get a lot of questions as uh, to, well, how long do I need to cut ties? Is this forever? And we don't like to say anything's forever because people change. You can change, other people can change. It's just that you need to take this time in your life to really focus on your own self. So when thinking about a time, if you're unsure, you you may know already, and that's great. Like you may know, okay, I just need maybe two weeks or I may need six months, or if you already have that number in your head, then go with that. But if you're unsure, um, start with 30 days and just kind of see how that feels and. And you may need more time or, you know, 30 days might be too long, but start there. It's a very complex situation as well. We totally get that. We totally understand. You may be in a situation where you are living with this person and how can you cut ties with somebody that you're living with for 30 days? This is really difficult. But the problem that you're going to run into is that if you do not take drastic action to cut ties, you are just putting yourself in, the, in line for relapse. Um, which is something that obviously you're fighting very hard to be against. So you're going to have to take some very definitive action that may involve living somewhere else for 30 days. Yeah, living somewhere else or even kicking someone out. And 
as difficult as that is, you really need to focus on you. Um, and without your sobriety, you won't have the ability to repair any relationship at all. So you need this time. Yeah. And this is, I mean, the, the, this is one of those situations where you are going to have to put yourself first. And when you put yourself first, that's going to be the, the, the starting place where your recovery will really kick into high gear. And then you're going to be in a situation where maybe 30 days from now you can go back to that person because you've got enough time under your belt that you're feeling confident and that you're, that you're in a situation where you can deal with that relationship in a healthy way. So now that we know what to do with good family members, and we know when to walk away from toxic family members, we need to dig deep into the biggest concern that our students have, and that is how to regain the trust of good family members that we may have broken trust with in the past. Right, so because this is such a huge topic, let's, I, we have some tips that we wanna give you. Um, two big ones on, on how to regain trust specifically. Regaining trust with those who you have lost trust with it doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take time, but more importantly, your family is gonna to wanna to see some actionable items and not just hear you say, I'm sorry. So to do that, we have two actionable items that you can do to start regaining your family's trust. The first way may seem very simple, but it's probably the most complex part and probably the main reason that you're here. And that is just not participating in your addiction. And yes, that seems like, well, obviously, duh, why would he even suggest that? But the thing with this is that your family has painted a picture of you over time on how your actions and your behaviors have shaped their viewpoint on who you are. And part of that has been your previous usage or addiction or addictive related behavior. And so in order to regain their trust, you're going to have to have extended period of time whereby they can reshape their view of you based on the fact that you're no longer actively using or partaking in your addictive behavior. And this does take time. You can probably think about it from the perspective that it didn't happen overnight that you became addicted. And in the same token, it's not going to be able to overcome their preconceived notions of you overnight. And so you're going to have to work on that, that time-related factor. The second part of this is having a good attitude. And I know that sounds simple as well, but when you have so much stuff being thrown your way day in and day out, it can be really hard to wake up each morning with that sort of positivity, especially when it comes to family and those family members that you are seeing every day. So really you just wanna be mindful of, of how you're acting. Because if you are just simply not using, but when you see your family, you're lashing out, you're rude, you're disrespectful, that doesn't help at all. So you want to kind of show up, be kind, be courteous, think before you actually say things. And you know, every time that you do something rude or, or you say something that's disrespectful, it's just another dig to that family member and it's just going to take that much longer to gain their trust. So just be mindful of that as you go into uh, repairing those relationships with your family. So we've covered good family members and we've talked about toxic family members, and we know what to do for each of those, but there's still a collection of people who are part of your family who don't fit on either end of the spectrum. And you still want to be building healthy bonds and healthy relationships with those people as well. So what can you do? So we have three tips for you. Tip number one is to know that it's not always about you. Okay, so everybody 
has their own struggles and their own problems. And in order to strengthen a relationship, you want to be interested in that person. So to do that, you want to genuinely ask questions, be involved, and be there for the other person when they're going through something of their own. And in order to be present, brings us into step number two, which is to be present. You're gonna have to put away that phone, you're gonna have to be deeply involved in the situations and the scenarios going on around you. It could be easy to be lost in our phones or to be off somewhere else. And certainly you might feel like that is how you want to be in those certain situations. But in order to rebuild the relationships, you're going to want to take an active and varied interest in what's happening around you. And you can't do that being buried in your phone and you can't do that if you're off in La La Land. So make sure that you take the time and effort to really center yourself and be available for the situation that you're currently in. Yep, that was tip number two. And then tip number three is to give back. And what, in order to give back, you can do things like maybe offering to give somebody a ride, your family, or offering to babysit your brother's kid, or maybe offering your cousin to help them move, okay? So there are many ways to give back, but I do wanna be clear about something here when giving back. Um, just to kind of protect you and your sobriety, you wanna make sure that you're not being taken advantage of. And we talked about those toxic family members and this could kind of blur into that. Uh, so for example, let's say you have a family member who is always asking you for, for money or maybe something time, like can you give me a ride or can you do this for me? If they're always asking you, Okay, that's not healthy. And so what we mean by give back is giving back to those uh, people who you know that will genuinely be there for you through thick and thin. And if you're ever in a pickle, you know that you can count on them to give back to you as well. So in order to build healthy relationships and healthy bonds with everybody on the spectrum of your family, with some careful planning, you wanna make sure that you're doing the three major things. First off, is going to be that you're going to have to understand it's not always about you. Second of all, you're gonna to wanna to be present. I mean, showing up and being available in all the situations that you find yourself in. And the third is to offer help and assistance where you can and be available for those around you that might need your help without being taken advantage of. Okay, so look, we know you can't choose your family, but you can choose how you act, think, feel, and treat the family that you have. So we talked about uh, knowing how to recognize uh, good family members who fall on one end of the spectrum, how to recognize toxic family members who fall on the other end, and how to strengthen relationships with all of your family members. I hope this gave you some insight into how to build healthy relationships with all members of your family. I just want you to know that you're going to have to make some hard decisions, but oftentimes those hard decisions are going to be what gives you the success in your sobriety. For more information, helpful tips, hints, and advice, check out www.liverehab.com. This is Live Rehab, and you've been listening to Addiction Radio, the podcast. You can follow Live Rehab on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next time for another episode of Addiction Radio. Thank you for listening.